just something that you can dip into, but that can help you come at the world in a slightly more magical way and in a way that makes um, you aware of the possibilities. Just knowing that there are so many women in the world who identify with mermaids or as mermaids whether it's full-on, like Hannah, often Tongas, you know, yeah, yeah. humpback whales, or yeah. if it's like the lady who never gets near the water and yet in some way has this imagination that's flared up with, with mermaids. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the Mermaid Podcast. Hello, you're listening to the Mermaid Podcast, and I'm your host, Laura Von Holt, the fairy boss mother of Cinderly. This episode is sponsored by Mermaid Magic, a very cool business that makes biodegradable glitter and compostable packaging. They also make mermaid scales that stick to your face and body for no mess sparkle. I've gotten to play with these products and they are loads of fun. You can use code PODCAST20 for 20% off your order at GetMermaidMagic.com or follow the link in our show notes. They also offer free shipping. Thanks, Mermaid Magic! If you would like to sponsor an episode of the Mermaid Podcast, you can email us at podcast at cinderly.com and we will be happy to hook you up. Get it? On this episode, I interview someone whose work I have been following for a long time, mermaid expert and author Carolyn Turgeon, author of the Mermaid Handbook. The Mermaid Handbook is a one-of-a-kind lifestyle compendium packed with lore, legends, facts and trivia, beautiful illustrations, and numerous step-by-step projects and recipes. It includes profiles of true modern mermaids, tail makers, and mermaid bars, visits mermaid attractions like our favorite Wikiwachi, and provides tips on mermaid makeup and beauty. It is also gorgeously designed, and I think you are going to love it. Speaking of things you love, we talk a lot about mermaid books and products on this podcast, and so I made a mermaid gift guide and a list of books that we have featured and put them all on our new Amazon Influencer page. That's right, we are a mermaid influencer! The link to those lists will be in the show notes and on our Instagram bio, and it is a great way to support the podcast because if you buy something on our recommendation, we get a little cut, which helps us to make more podcasts. Yay! Another thing that's going to be on that list is the Easy to Bake Unicorn Cookbook, which is doing very well. People are loving it. The unboxing videos, the pictures they're posting of things they made are so cute. We love to see people having fun and using their imagination and making things with a unicorn cookbook with the holiday season coming up it is a great gift to give and you can get it on our amazon influencer page or also on unicorncookbook.com okay let's get to the show um carolyn i wanted to talk to you actually for a long time i want to talk to you so now is where i get to gush about you um before we get into the questions so this is kind of full circle because Years ago, I found your book, Mermaid, which everyone should go get, Um, and then I got very obsessed, (laughs) Um, and I found your blog, which is IamAMermaid.com, right? And then I ended up on, like, every mailing list you have, um, your magazine, Fairy Magazine, which is now called Enchanted Living, Um, Mm -hmm. and there was a random newsletter where you mentioned Wiki Watching Mermaid Camp, and I I was like, I could go to that? 
<laughs> and so I signed up for it. I'm now fully obsessed. I've gone twice. And oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And then Mermaid Camp was the first time I, I bought a recorder and brought it there. And it was the first episode of this podcast last year. So this is now full circle. You've been like my mermaid guiding spirit, even though you had no idea that I existed. (laughs) Um, And so once I found out that you had a new book called The Mermaid Handbook, um, which is, you know, the tome of our time, I think, um, I wanted to bring you on and and finally get a chance to meet you. Um, And then and then hear about it. So I think it would be awesome if you could kind of just start off with how your mermaid life began. Well, <clears throat> it's funny because, I mean, I always liked mermaids. I watched Splash and Little Mermaid like every other mermaid yeah. person out there, and I loved them, but it was never a particular obsession. And then, um, so I had written two novels and the second one was about the fairy godmother from the Cinderella story. And then when that was going, you know, it was at the end of its editing process, this editor from the UK kind of swooped in and wanted to do a two big two book deal. And so she asked what else I was working on. So I talked about this historical novel I was working on. I mentioned a crime novel I was working on. And then I just sort of listed some random ideas. One of them was for a kid's book about a mermaid. And she said, oh, we're gonna, we want that. And I want an adult book about a mermaid. So it was sort of like, I didn't even mean to. And then So then I was like, okay, well, I love mermaids. Of course, I would love to write a mermaid novel. It just hadn't been, you know, number one on my list. And so um, I started brainstorming it. At first, I was thinking of some kind of contemporary thing. And my agent kept saying, no, go to the fairy tale, the Hans Christian Andersen. And I said, well, I love that fairy tale, but it's so dark and weird. I don't know what I could do with it. And then I just kept kind of turning it over in my head. And then finally, I started thinking about that princess who's sort of a non-character there, but she is the one who marries the prince. And I was like, what would it be like to be her? Like, what is her story? And I imagine that moment where she was like standing on some cliff and she was in a, you know, hiding away from some war in a convent. And she looks down and she actually witnesses that moment that the mermaid is rescuing the prince and it changes her life. And I just, so from that, once I had that image, I was like, okay, that's what I want the book to be. But anyway, so that happened. But as I'm writing this book about a mermaid now, and I'm on Facebook and I'm talking to various people, people had such an intense reaction. Like my first novel had a circus in it. My second one had Cinderella and the fairy godmother, but no one ever had, this insane reaction the way they would have when I mentioned mermaids. And that was probably like, I don't know, 2008 or something when I started it. I mean, I even had one novelist friend who said, oh my God, I just got chills. And all I had said was mermaid. I was like, I didn't even tell you. (laughs) And then on Facebook and an email, like people started, people I knew, people I didn't know, started sending me mermaid stuff all the time. And at that time I had quit, like in 2008, I quit my full-time job in New York city and I started traveling all around and stuff. And, and just everywhere I went, I saw mermaids in places I hadn't seen them before. And I sort of realized, well, they're everywhere, (laughs) especially when I was traveling in Europe and stuff. And I had all these weird synchronicities, like, I could go on and on, but like, for example, I was staying in Berlin, Germany. I decided to go see Leonard Cohen in 
Warsaw. And I was like, well, maybe there's some mermaid thing there just because I had been, you know, I had started like recording mermaid stuff because it was all over the place. And I thought, well, that's silly. Why would there be some mermaid thing in Warsaw? And I get to that city and it's like filled with mermaids. Like, 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 I found myself yeah. in the, the main square of Old City at, at that first night, and there was this huge statue in the middle of the square, and I walked up to it to take a picture, and I was like, oh, it's a huge twin-tailed mermaid. What the, like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I walked down, like, this side side street and past the city archives, and there was this big televised display in the window, and it was all this, like, historical mermaid stuff and so I went back to our hotel and I was like what's going on with this mermaid stuff and found out that the mermaid has been the symbol of Warsaw since like the 1400s or something and it's actually on like every lamppost and every <laughs> light pole and it's on all the like tourism yeah. posters for the city and I was like how like this is so weird why am I here so I just <laughs> They just kind of popped up everywhere, and I thought, well, I'll just start some blog, and I'll stick mermaid stuff on it, because i got to do something with it, and I have this book coming out, and that would be good. Yeah. And I thought, if I'm going to have a blog, I should probably interview people, and so I just brainstormed, who can I interview about mermaids, and pretty much everyone I emailed said yes, and so yeah. suddenly I have this big blog, and yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way, having always loved mermaids, and same thing, like Splash, Little Mermaid, they're kind of all been in the back of my mind, and then getting more and more into them in the past few years, um, I feel, like, very lucky to be born at a time where... Um, the mer- like the mermaiding community is is growing and for some reason it feels like in direct response to the technology we have available we've gone yeah. mermaiding has gone back to nature yeah. um but like i don't i mean growing up if i had been able to have access to this many mermaids my mind would have been blown <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Know. yeah um so let's talk a little bit about the blog so you've you've interviewed a lot of a lot of um professional mermaids and other just mermaid life people um is there anything that sticks out from your blog that surprised you about when you first started um really interviewing and digging into the mermaid culture um yeah a bunch of things I just I mean at the time that I started it I I remember I was sitting in Berlin with my friend Eric and I said I think I'll start this blog he said I have a genius idea you should call it I am a mermaid and then he (laughs) said no actually that's a stupid idea and then he's like no actually it's a genius idea and I said okay I like that so I did that and like I said I just started randomly emailing people but I was really surprised when I emailed Tim Gunn because I was a huge Project Runway fan and I was like and I thought well no one's gonna I mean, I'm sure he gets lots of requests, but how many people are going to ask him about mermaids? And people like mermaids. I like talking about them. And so he wrote back right away and said, I'd be honored. And so I did an interview with him. And he just did the perfect interview where, because mermaids are a big fashion influence. And there is stuff to say about that. But it's also a little bit tongue-in-cheek the way he responded. But at that time, I did not know that there were professional mermaids. I didn't know about all. And a lot of that was sort of coming together. Because that was 2010. Yeah. And a lot of it was coming together and they were just like putting together Mercon for 2011 Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. It seemed to me that all this stuff was coming together at that moment. And then because I happened to be going to Florida, I thought, well, I might as well check out this place, Wiki Wachi. And so I kind of looked it up. I was going to visit my grandmother and I saw it was like two hours away. So, and then about a week beforehand, just randomly, I got an email from Julie Comenda, who said, 
I think she had read another book and said, I'm excited about your mermaid book. And I'm the artist in residence at Wiki Wachi. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to be there Monday, you know? Yeah, wow. <laughs> do you, you want to have coffee? So it was another synchronicity thing. And so she ended up meeting me and my mom and my grandmother and my uncle and my sister. And, you know, and so when I decided to do the blog, I emailed Julie and said, I want to interview a bunch of you and a bunch of Wiki Watchy Mermaids. She forwarded my email to all these ladies who were like, sure. And so suddenly I was like talking to all these ladies. And then I went back to visit my grandmother. And that's when I first met Barbara Wins. I went to her her mermaid mansion on the Wikiwachi River. I might have met Vicki Smith around that time as yeah. well. And then, you know, a few months later, I went to mermaid camp because, yeah. you know, after all those, all those um, interviews with all these mermaids who all love the water, and I myself had avoided the water, like, for years, yeah. and I thought, well, I want to do it too. So I, then I went to the camp there, and I just love loved the whole thing so for me yeah. the wiki watch is sort of the ground zero it's place same here yeah and i met um eric the Murtailer. oh okay and you know visited his studio where it was at that time and saw him working on his tales and i was so my mind was kind of blown because i didn't know about any of this and then some of the first people i interviewed were like hannah frazier and lyndon wolbert and i just started interviewing all these people who were active at that time and you know, just saw a lot of common themes in what they were saying. But of course, I was blown away by, you know, Hannah, Linda, Lyndon, yeah. Medusa, Rena, and just the amazing, beautiful stuff they were doing. Yeah. Like I said, I had no idea that it existed. And then I think that <clears throat> by throwing it up on this blog, I was showing it to a lot of other people who didn't know it existed. Yeah. So, yeah. What are some of the themes that you would notice in common with talking to professional mermaids? Well, just I was surprised to hear over and over again, like Splash and Little Mermaid and, you know, having the fantasies as a little kid and tying their legs together and making their own mermaid tails when they were little girls and that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I don't know that I did that, but I definitely was madly in love with those movies and with the fairy tales and stuff. And, and, you know, just this like deep love of water and deep love of the ocean or the river or whatever body of water that they're working in. Yeah. Um, and this deep love of the environment and this deep like sense of feeling a responsibility towards, you know, to helping to save and protect the oceans and other, you know, bodies of water and that just that kind of stuff. And just this real love of beauty and this sense over and over again that I heard of sort of not just taking on a persona that's like a super heroic versions, uh, version of themselves, but sort of tapping into some essential part of themselves mm-hmm. that they couldn't have done otherwise, but that that part is really wild and gorgeous and powerful. And I don't know, just that it seems to sort of reveal this thing. And so even I, who I, you know, I, I'm not a professional mermaid or anything, but I did go to the camp because I wanted to be around it and see what it was like. But I was surprised to get in the water wearing that tail and realize, oh, it's so much easier to swim in a tail because it's so natural to move your body that way. Right. And it, you do feel much more powerful, especially if you've got to have a monofin in. And especially, yeah. I assume, if you've gotten some fancy tail that's, like, custom made for you. And right. it's sort of astonishing that you actually can come pretty close to, you know, really being a mermaid. And then meeting more and more hardcore. Like, I was on the... Um, I did that mermaid cruise in 2012, uh, that dive aboard 
uh, or live, sorry, live aboard <laughs> diving trip uh-huh. with the ERL man, Dan, who's pretty hardcore and I think can hold a breath five minutes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. just, um, and, um, uh, um, Marina, Melina ah, Sharkey and just all these, anyway, just meeting more and more of these ladies who are incredibly impressive and pretty hardcore. So. Yeah. It's really, um, <laughs> Amazing the like the artistry and the athleticism that goes hand in hand with the mermaid professional mermaids and mermaid performers. I think um, it's kind of like watching. Uh, I remember reading a ballet book when I was little about Brishnikov, and it was like he they were saying he has to make it look easy, and it's the same thing with yeah. with them is they have to make it look effortless, and it's um, really astounding when you put the effort in. It is wonderful to swim underwater, but also like to hold your breath and go deep and dealing with the pressure. And like, I, I was remembered being at Wiki Wachi and talking to Vicky and realizing she and the other mermaids had a better understanding of underwater physics than I think even a physicist would because they had to like live with the pressure and, and how to manage it. Um, So, yeah, that's awesome. So you're obviously the perfect person to make the Mermaid Handbook, which I definitely want to talk about. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um, how it came to be. At first, did you pitch it? Did they ask for it? Were you like, don't worry, I'm the expert? (laughs) Like, what happened? (laughs) Well, actually, it's funny. I was talking to an editor at HarperCollins about doing some kind of fairy book based Mm -hmm. on the magazine. And... um, and we talked back and forth for months because I wasn't quite sure what she was looking for and wasn't quite sure what we could do. And then it became clear that she wanted a, a sort of handbook that's all things fairy. But I have to say that as we were discussing it, I kept bringing up mermaids over and over because that's more my thing. And so I um, and and um, every time I brought up mermaids, she got more and more interested. And she was like, well, can we do a mermaid book, too? And I said, OK, so. Yeah. And to me, I had I had felt like because, like I said, back in 2010, I I or in 2008, I, I'm doing this this novel that I didn't even totally intend to do. It sort of kind of came about um, by feet, and then and then here I have this novel, and then I just keep seeing all this mermaid stuff. I do this blog, and then suddenly I'm like kind of you know involved in all this bit mermaid yeah. stuff and mercon and like the wiki watching meeting all of these people. And, um, so at a certain point I was like, Oh, I need to do other things too. So I sort of haven't done the blog for a while. I did do a big mermaid magazine for fairy magazine and came on board with that and all that kind of stuff. But (laughs) (laughs) But the first one I did was in late 2013. So there was that big mermaid issue. And then, um, so, it had been kind of a while since I'd been super involved in all the mermaid stuff. And so when I realized like, Oh, here's a chance to put together this handbook that I know is going to be dropped dead beautiful and have all this sort of care put into it. I thought, here's my chance to sort of take all this stuff that I gathered over all that time and sort of make what to me is sort of a definitive handbook of all wonderful mermaid things. That's what I love about it is you really blended um, the fairy tale aspects of it with um, yeah. crafting, DIY, entertaining, fashion, beauty, um, you yeah. know, the, like, movie history. It's kind of got a comprehensive um, view. And, like, you have a lot of artwork in here, like, old, cla- like, classical art. Um, yeah. And it kind of blends together everything that's kind of in our imagination um, mm-hmm. and puts it in, in a book. And it's also, like, 
if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but I'll put photos on it. But it, it's got gold scrolling and like, you know, it's just really, I, once I read it, I put it back in the plastic. So I was yeah. like, oh, God. it's like, it's like, um, I like, I feel, I feel like it's a mermaid's grimoire. Like there might be like a spell in here that I need later. Oh. <laughs> um, so, and so when, you know, you've been doing some other things and then coming back to the mermaids. So, you know, when you were picking people to feature in here, did you go back to some of your contacts? Were there new people that had come on the scene? You know, how did you go about picking who would be in the book? Um, <clears throat> let me think. Um, I mean, some I just, um, I had, like, images that I love. For example, when I was on that that um, diving trip, um, I remember Chris Crumley did all these gorgeous photographs, of course, and he did all these gorgeous ones of Iara specifically too. And I remember that she was so excited because she had this idea in her head and that he had agreed to do it for her. So I sat across from her while she did her makeup. And then the picture that came out that day, I think later he was looking on his camera and I remember her extreme excitement as she saw this gorgeous picture, which was exactly what she'd seen in her head. And I thought it was one of the loveliest mermaid photos I had ever seen. And of course, I'd seen lots of them. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And so I knew, like, so there were just things like that where I was like, I have that picture has to be in there. So that's like a big picture in the book that opens the part on on mermaid makeup. Mm -hmm. You know, so there were just some images that I knew had to had to be in there because I love them. But of course I didn't have final say on everything because I was working with an editor right. and, um, you know, so we, and we wanted to have a balance between, you know, some of the kitschy sort of mid century stuff. We want to have all the classic romantic stuff and then some of the contemporary stuff. So there was only so much room for the contemporary mermaid. So I just knew I, I wanted to have, you know, certain people in there and I wanted to really feature, um, Hannah and Lyndon mm -hmm. and uh, Marina Medusa Rena and <clears throat> some other people as well and like yeah. Virginia Hankins I knew yeah. had some amazing photos and was doing some really cool different stuff that I wanted to have in there sort of give you more of that sort of the mermaid school sort of business side and I don't know I just was trying to get as much variety as I could but you know of course I would have liked to put in even more people and feature you know, more stuff, like, so I made sure to get, like, I wanted, um, um, Stephanie in there, um, and, like, like, in her book yeah. on, um, and her, like, I'm sorry, Raina, <laughs> like, yeah. you get her, to get her book in there, and so I just tried to find ways to get, I wanted to have Tracy Hines in there, so I kind of found a way to have her in the hair section and stuff, so, right. you know, I mean, could have easily put together this whole book just featuring, oh, definitely, amazing mermaids today so I just did my best of trying to feature as much as I could well, I, I think what you did really well too is with having tutorials on makeup and um and entertaining and things is that you make it possible to not just sometimes I think mermaids are in our imagination or they're just something we look at but you make it possible to kind of bring the book into your life so mm -hmm. that you have like a way to build a crown or um yeah. you know make a headpiece or makeup or something um which yeah. I think is part of the fun of what's what's happening now in the culture, and that like it, you know we all have a lot of us have the same story of like I love Splash, I love The Little Mermaid. Yeah. The best I could do was tie my legs together, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And now it's like here's a book to show you exactly yeah. <laughs> how to yeah. do how to do this. Um, 
I was wondering, since you have a fairy tale background, um, you know, what did it mean to you to include uh, mythology from around the world? Oh, well, that was <clears throat> that was also sort of um, overwhelming because there are so many mermaid myths and there are so many mermaid legends and folk tales from everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just another place where it was almost frustrating because you're realizing you can't, you know, you can't put everything in there. So we just kind of picked a few cool ones and then, you know, obviously had to devote some space to Undine and to the Hans Christian Andersen and to the yeah. movies and stuff that are so prominent for people and <clears throat> though I was happy to because I have to say having written the novel Mermaid which yeah. was working with the Hans Christian Andersen mm -hmm. story it definitely showed me that a lot of people don't know that story you know even Publishers Weekly like when when there was a review of my novel it called it a dark retelling of the Little Mermaid story and I was like well mm, it's it actually happier than the original <laughs> I was like if, if you're thinking of the Little Mermaid as Disney sure yeah darker than that but yeah. it's definitely not darker than the Hans yeah. Christian Anderson story it's not really possible to get a lot darker than yeah. that so I really but I got that kind of feedback a lot and I realized oh people don't really remember what that story was so and it's so beautiful and amazing and interesting yeah. and so I, I was happy to sort of give that a lot of space and you know just sort of remind people who are really sort of interested in what's happening right now remind them of this past and where where some of these things come from so yeah i was happy to see a lot of the mythology and and stuff in here because I, i've also noticed um especially the american mermaid narrative is dominated so heavily by disney but that's because everything in, in our pop culture is um and you're right people don't know about hans christian anderson um or that there's room for other mermaid stories they don't have to be tragic um, yeah 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 um and and I think I don't know if you watch Siren on Freeform. That's the the new mermaid show. You should check it out. Um, they really have gone monster with it. Like their inspiration is Jaws. So the mermaids yeah. are definitely apex predators. Um, you know they're ruthless. Um, and they're they kind of come on land to like learn about humans. Um, mm -hmm. so that's cool to see that there's a, like a, another aspect in the culture now. Um, yeah. Because it's everyone's like, yeah, Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, no, no, it was before the Little Mermaid. There was the Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, do you have? I mean, there's like mermaid bath salts. There's like, there's so much in this book, and I know you can't pick a favorite part. Um, but was there any part of it that like surprised you in the making of it, or that you know when, the way it came together, um, you know, delighted you in some way? Like, was there? Well, okay, there is, um, well, there are a bunch of things, but, okay, I love Nick Cave, who's my favorite singer and has really shaped my kind of imagination and my sensibility a lot because I've loved him since I was a teenager and I'm now way older than that. So anyway, so when he, but, you know, mermaids and Nick Cave for me were two extremely separate things. And then um, a few years back or whatever, he, he had a song called Mermaids, which sort of blew my mind because for me, I was like, oh my God, Nick Cave singing about mermaids. And in some of his recent stuff, he has like little mermaid symbols sort of in, oh, you know, in, yeah. intertwined with stuff. And so <clears throat> I knew with this book, I was like, this is totally not essential. It's really superfluous, but I have to, I have to quote that Nick Cave song. Oh, totally in this book like that is not negotiable so you know I wrote to um I don't know the record company or whoever I wrote to and they sent me to whoever the right people were and then someone finally wrote back and said Nick approved this and I was so excited <laughs> and oh my like, god 
<laughs> so I, you know, took this little excerpt from the song and then had to find, you know, a really stunning image. Um, so it's a two-page spread. It's like a beautiful image from Katerina Plotnikova uh-huh. of a mermaid. And so to have, like, for, so for me in my obsessive brain like to have and Katarina Plotnikova of course does insane fairy tale photography with live bears and all this stuff Mm -hmm. that's on incredibly viral and we at fairy magazine have shared her images we've featured her many times so I knew and you know in the fairy handbook we did a whole section on her so the idea that I could have a Katarina Plotnikova photo it's like her one photo of a mermaid and pair it with a Nick Cave lyric So for maybe any random person, you know, anyone just sort of randomly looking through that book, that might not be that big a deal. But for me, it was sort of like these worlds colliding in a way that sort of blew my mind. So that was really exciting for me. And so that's probably my favorite two pages in the whole book. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I think there's everyone has a moment in some part of their book where like something came together that wasn't yeah. supposed to come together. Yeah. Um, no, that's was awesome. Also, um, so with the Wiki Watchy stuff, I'm sort of... Um, like my favorite thing is the fact that there was once a show there called Mermaids on the Moon, you know. I and didn't that, know that. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, Mermaids on the Moon, okay. and that, um, and that, that using that kind of weird moonscape looking, yeah, to Wiki Watchy to do this whole like, you know, and I, gosh, I think it was like late sixties or early seventies or uh-huh. something, but like, it's it's in the book, <laughs> but. But that at that time that there were these like, you know, sort of funky like um, moon made kind of uh, things happening at Wiki Wachi and using some kind of weird, um, I don't know, some it's mentioned in the book, but some kind of contraption that sort of looked like a spaceship, but wasn't. But they used yes. that. Oh, I found it. Okay. Okay. So I made that a sidebar and I talked to, um, uh, what's her name? Shoot. Like, um. Bonnie Georgidis, oh, or okay. however you say yeah, that, okay. who was a former mermaid and then became the choreography, and that was show was her idea, and she wrote the show, and I sat with her in Tarpon Springs a few years back and talked with about it with her, and then for this book, I called her on the phone and interviewed her and got some of her old photographs, and so that was another non-negotiable thing. I was like, yeah. probably, because at the end, we had to cut stuff, because, right. you know, there's so many images and stuff, and I was like, we got to keep that Mermaids in the Moon, because it's like the coolest thing so so amazing i wish there were more photos i mean you can only put so many photos and everything but but the contra i'm looking at the page now the contraption is like it's fantastic because you like thinking of mermaids in that and then also underwater but then also like uh you know 1960s kitsch like yes oh yeah it's like the jetsons go underwater mooning or something yeah yeah Um, Super excited to feature Vicky in yeah. the, the part about, like, mermaid beauty at any age and yeah. to be able to use, like, a photo of her at age 17, like, performing, and then one of Andrew Brusso's photos of yeah. her at age 77 looking just as amazing and gorgeous underwater. Yeah. Being able to ha- have those two photos in- side by side in that book, like, that was also really special to me, so. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Vicky's awesome. We've had her on the, um, I interviewed her uh, on the podcast, so. Yeah. I've heard all about. She's got so many good stories, and only some of them can go on tape. <laughs> um, so, so what is your hope with the Mermaid Handbook? What are you hoping people get get from it? Um, do you have any dreams for how they use it, or 
you know, what are your hopes and wishes for it? <laughs> well, part of the vision for the handbooks is there's a fairy one, there's a mermaid one, there is going to be a third one that comes out next year. No, wait, the year after that, 2020. Anyway, but um, <clears throat> part of the vision of them between from me and the editor at HarperCollins, um, Liz, um, is the idea of just some beautiful, dreamy book. We both remember being little kids mm-hmm. and, like, having those special books that you would, like, sit with and dream over for hours and hours, yeah. you know? And I think I actually is kind of dorky, but I really loved this illustrated dictionary. But I remember I could just, like, get lost in it and, and uh, open it to any page and find cool stuff to get lost in. And so I really wanted a book like that um, for all the handbooks where you could just open it to any random page and just sort of sink into this magical, gorgeous place. Yeah. And with The Mermaid, I, again, I wanted, and I wanted this with my blog and I wanted this with the, the magazine issues that I did, mm-hmm. the 2013 one and the more recent one, just to showcase like, all the crazy kind of ways that mermaid stuff sort of can be expressed, you know, or people right. who are putting on tails, but also who um, whose imaginations have been lit up by by mermaids or who, you know, make crafts that, that involve mermaids or just all the different kind of ways you can come at this because mermaids themselves are such a, a you know, flexible, crazy, contradictory symbol. You can read so much into them, and they contain so many things all at the same time. It's just so rich. Yeah. And so, I just wanted to showcase that, and I just wanted the kind of book you'd put behind beside your bed, and sort of that would always offer you this beautiful and delicious escape. But that also could bring something to your regular. But that's what I want with all the handbooks and with the magazine too. But you know, just something that you can dip into, but that can help you come at the world in a slightly more magical way. And in a way that makes um, you aware of the possibilities. Just knowing that there are so many women in the world who identify with mermaids or as mermaids, whether it's full on like Hannah, often Tongas, you know, humpback whales, or if it's like, the lady who never gets near the water and yet in some way has this imagination that's flared up with, with mermaid sort of myth, you know, but that it allows you multiple sort of entry points into this beautiful mythology. Um, you can take into your life in whatever way that you want, you know, or that can introduce you to something because there's so many little things where you're like, Oh, what's wiki watching? And then you end up going to camp and meeting all these crazy ladies and or they're like oh Hans Christian Andersen who's that and you know start reading all these like gorgeous dark fairy tales that you didn't know we're buying some of your favorite things today I don't know just lots of entry points of beauty and imagination and ways to express yourself and be in the world yeah I really love what you're saying too about the way that it's uh, about having those books as a child that like ignited your imagination and getting to have something like that as a, for kids now but also as an adult um I don't know if you know this book um I have I haven't really read it but my it was my stepmom's favorite book as a kid and it's um the sea fairies by L. Frank Baum who wrote oh, the Wizard yeah. of Oz yeah and so that has like some mermaids in it and I I don't know the full story, but, like, she's talked about that book for years, and um, her brother found it for her on eBay, you know, and oh, she got it, oh. and, and so, and it's so funny because, you know, I, like, 
I'm very into the fairy tales and everything, and everyone knows they can talk to me about mermaids forever. But for you know, my stepmom is a uh, has always been like into animals and like you know ranching, and she's very practical. So it's funny to see like um, a woman start like drop everything, and start talking about mermaids, who is usually like focused on you know like her regular life. Um, and I love the idea that like making a book like the Mermaid Handbook can bring that back for somebody um, to that that place in, inside of them that's mystical and free. In the same way you were saying about the mermaids are talking about their common element is that there's a wildness to them that gets yeah. expressed. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk about the magazine. So it's called Fairy Magazine, but you're rebranding as Enchanted Living. Yeah. 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 So I have the, mermaid, the latest mermaid issue. And do you do the mermaid issue every summer? Is that? No. No. no okay. That was... So basically, I came to the magazine okay. with a mermaid issue, and that was back in 2011. I met the, the publisher and founder, okay. Kim Cross, of Fairy Magazine, and okay. there, oh, because I'd been invited to be the guest mermaid author at a fairy festival, in Mar- the Maryland Fairy Festival, and Kim at one point said, do you think there's enough about mermaids to do a magazine? And I said, oh, there's so much about mermaids. I was like, of yeah. course, yes, there's tons of great stuff. And she said, well, let's do a mermaid magazine. And I said, okay. And I was like, well, this is great because it'll be like my blog, but a print thing that's super beautiful. Yeah. And so I kind of reached out to everything that I thought would be in the coolest magazine. And then it took a couple of years to get it off the ground because the magazine had run into some issues. And anyway, so... In, in late 2013, the mermaid issue came out, and it became, instead of a separate thing, because we weren't totally sure what it was going to be, it became a special issue of the magazine. And then I stayed on as editor-in-chief because I really liked the process of sort of assembling as much beautiful stuff as I could yeah. and <clears throat> presenting it. And so, um, and so the magazine itself is normally not mermaid-focused. It's just sort of general enchantment, though the name suggests to many people that it is only about fairies, which it right. is not. So that's why I finally was like, yeah. okay, I think we need another name because a lot of people are put off by the name, because, or at least some people are put off by yeah. the name because they don't have a particular obsession with fairies and that the name suggests right. that to them. We have, you know, like in the past year, we had an issue that was devoted to practical magic. And which yes. was an was Outlander fun. issue, I was excited for that. <laughs> like, yeah. A Tolkien issue, yeah. uh, Warriors and Goddesses issues yes. a couple years ago, a Victoriana issues. So we do all these beautiful sort of romantic themes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and fairies certainly come in, and yeah. so do mermaids, and so do all kinds of other sort of beautiful mythic sort of elements. So, But I just wanted to reflect in the name the broadness of the magazine itself but um but yeah I like it was fun to come back to mermaids this past summer and sort of showcase some new new sort of things yeah and I can see with the you know your fascination of both fairies and mermaids in that there those are also fairies also kind of always in the background too I feel like if you start looking for them you see little fairy things everywhere um, so they, they're always in our collective imagination. Um, I love what you do in the magazine, which is similar to the book, where there's, you know, some DIY crafting things, there's um, entertainment, there's makeup tutorials, there's food, which I was like, oh, yeah, mermaid food. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm always like, what do mermaids eat? You know, I, I love the idea that they're, like, delicate vegetarians or maybe also, like, sharks. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really beautiful. And um, the the uh the, with the most recent mermaid issue of the fairy magazine, there was mm-hmm. a part about um the movie was it La Dolce Vita? There's like a little 
There's like yeah. it's it's a scandalous little story. <laughs> Which I thought that that was meant to be in the Mermaid Handbook, but it was oh. one of those tragic things that had to be cut. And I was like, well, then yeah. it won't go in the magazine. Yeah, but yeah. I want to know what your experience um, with underwater photography is because it's it's a very for contemporary mermaids underwater photography is a huge thing. There's a lot of Instagram is a huge platform for it. Um, professional mermaids, you know, need a lot of underwater photography. Also, photographers are like, of course, I want to take your underwater photo. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to know what your thoughts are coming from um, a writing background and then moving into the more visual um, elements of a magazine and a handbook. Um, just kind of what your thoughts were on, like, how the the visual parts of mermaid art has expanded. Oh, just... Um... I don't know. It just, um, there's so much beautiful stuff to choose from, I guess. And I don't know. I just, um, when I was first doing the blog, it just seemed like there were many, many fewer sort of options out there. And then as I looked around more recently, because of course I was trying to pick the most beautiful images that I possibly could, I was just, you know, surprised at how everything has exploded and how much amazing imagery there is out there. But I still, like I said, had my favorites, like that Yara image um, from Chris Crumbly and stuff like that. But um, I don't know, like, that's one thing I one reason I love doing the magazine and wanted to continue and then now have these illustrated handbooks is that as an author I didn't have any say in the I mean the only sort of visual element of the novels is that what's put on the front cover and some of, some of my covers I love and some I don't love yeah. um, and thought were a little misrepresentative of the, of the contents but whether I like them or not I didn't really have any say in them you know whereas um, and I always thought it'd be really cool if the, if my novels had little illustrations and stuff like that, but that just was never in the cards for them. And so coming at a magazine and being able to make this, this product that's not only beautiful to read, but beautiful to look at and to showcase some of the most stunning art out there, yeah. whether it's the mer- some mermaid photography or whether it's um, like the Katarina Plotnikova fairy tale photos. Right. And it's cool because we have these platforms, like a huge Facebook platform and a huge Instagram feed where we I can watch, and I've been running them or helping to run them um, for, you know, four and a half years now. So I watch how people respond to the various images, and I see the ones that really go, people go crazy over. And, and the way that some of these images tap into their deep sort of fantasies, especially, I mean mermaid stuff yet yes but also like a gorgeous little cottage in the middle of the forest in the way that so many people in their regular lives that just taps into this deep longing to live a different sort of way that's enchanted and that's like closer to nature and stuff and that and that those beautiful mermaid images ignite that same kind of to live in a way that's bigger and more beautiful and I think people you can get caught up in your everyday life and your bills and your you know the things that you have to do every day and sort of forget that there's all this possibility and magic out there and you know ways to infuse that into your everyday life or ways to escape into it now and then you know but but yeah but yeah the mermaid photography, I don't, I mean, I just, there's just well, a lot of I, I was just noticing, like, um, I think it's interesting when you look at cla- some classical work, there's a certain kind of romanticism to yeah. the way they depict mermaids that translates also into modern photography. Um, yeah. But, but there's also differences, like, 
um, the paintings, it's almost like they're trying to make them realistic. And yeah. now that you can put on a tail and go underwater, there's a realism aspect in that. So the fantasy gets brought into, like, the sparkles or the shimmer. You know, I just, I just, I, I don't know if this was conscious or not, but getting to thumb through the handbook and watch the juxtaposition of um, classical art and contemporary art, I thought was an interesting um, kind of tradition of depicting mermaids. Yeah. And you have some, like, like the Brenda Stump imagery, like there's a gorgeous, um, she does, has done a lot of images of Virginia Hankins and Mm -hmm. other mermaids, but you know, there's one um, full page of Virginia that looks, you know, really close to a painting. So just, just some, yeah, there is like this, I, I loved that kind of juxtaposition and to throw in the kitschy sort of mid-century stuff alongside. Right. Which is also super fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, just like, yeah. it's, a, it's a different kind of mermaid, but it's also, um, yeah. it's super fun. It, I don't, for some reason, it just reminds me of like, especially when you start talking about mermaids on the moon, I'm like, yeah, there's so many parallels between mid-century kitschy mermaids and like mid-century space exploration. Something about it feels very like all in the same world with two two different unknown worlds explored at once. Um, It's so cool. Um, Well, is there anything you want people to know about before we unfortunately sign off? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Just, um, I guess not, not really. Um, That's fine. Trying to think. There's so much. um, Well, there's there's so so much wisdom from mermaids. It's like, how do you pick? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a little overwhelming. Like I said, that was my attempt to sort of cram in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But now I've done that a few times with a blog with two different magazine specials in this book. So who knows? Maybe. Well, that's also interesting (laughs) is I think maybe something people can take from this is that, um, there you have a multimedia approach to mermaids mm-hmm. um which is i think one of the gifts of the handbook is that there's several you know there's several different mediums incorporated in it mm-hmm. um because sometimes people are just an underwater mermaid or they're a mermaid writer or they're a mermaid photographer or something but um maybe we should leave the people with the idea that any medium could be adapted even audio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So people are welcome to check out the magazine and to email the magazine. It's just info at fairymag.com, F-A-E-R-I-E-M-A-G, though it's changing over to Enchanted Living, but that should still work. And, you know, with their own photos or ideas or things that they might want our audience to see, you know, because we're just interested in um, enchantment generally and all kinds of beautiful Ness that people are creating and that people want to see and yeah. that we can sort of share that on, you know, as often as possible. So <laughs> Awesome. So everybody can contribute. They can get the Mermaid Handbook, the Fairy Handbook, and an unannounced third handbook. Yeah. Now, now I'm guessing what it is. I'm like, octopus. No, I don't know. <laughs> like, alien Handbook? I don't know. <laughs> So you can keep going with this. Talk about it in this other interview. So it may have to do with a creature with a beautiful horn. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, and it's also another subject where you've got like so much kitsch, yes. but so much beautiful, gorgeous medieval and Renaissance stuff, oh, yes. and and then beautiful contemporary stuff, and like in which you can express in so many different ways. So it's another one that's really rich. Where, and I guess part. Well, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> that subject, but it's the same with mermaids. You, you might have some vision of mermaids in your head, but it might just be one thing, like yeah. Wiki Wachi or like 
Hannah Frazier or the Little Mermaid Disney movie or just whatever it is that caught you, like that might be the one thing. And so I like the idea of having us place, whether it's my book or all the other mermaid forms and books out there where you can dive in and be like, oh my God, this this symbol, this mythology has inspired people in so many different ways beyond the thing that really got me initially. There's so much to explore in this mythology. So, yeah, I like I like that. And just like I said, combining the kitsch with the swoony, otherworldly, gorgeous, insane beauty and just the practical sort of everyday stuff. So I like that. That's awesome. I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Go forth and be kitschy and swoony, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Mermaid Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend or leave a review. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Mermaid Podcast. We will have links to all the mermaid news mentioned in this episode on our website, mermaidpodcast.com. Thank you also to our sponsor, Mermaid Magic. Don't forget to use code PODCAST20 for 20% off of your order of biodegradable mermaid glitter and sparkle scales at GetMermaidMagic.com. One of the coolest things about interviewing mermaids is that we get to talk to people who are living their dream. So whether you are in New York City or elsewhere, it would be my pleasure to coach you on how to get unstuck and live your dream. So head over to FairyBossMother.com to learn about our special program, Don't Quit Your Daydream. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you for all of your support. And thank you to Carolyn Turgeon. Carolyn, you inspire us to never quit our daydream. It's the Mermaid Podcast. We've got mermaids on the land and down below. Legs or fins, you will love our show. All the news that makes a splash is on the mermaid.